BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is a transformative time for black America. Our income is at an all-time high, and the opportunity for economic empowerment is unprecedented. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long. For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. Build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com slash blueprints. When the time comes to plan your next big getaway, know we got a destination idea for you. Orlando. Just think about it. The thrills at their 15 world-class theme parks, followed by awesome outdoor adventures, amazing food festivals, and top-notch dining spots. Orlando has all that and much more than you'd expect. In Orlando, anything is possible if you can imagine it. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. That's visitorlando.com for everything you need for an amazing getaway. It's Thursday again, tell everybody to lock in, grab some popcorn, a drink, and go and throw your AirPods in. It's a one-hour show, constantly speaking facts. Bulletproof stats are always shooting from Matt, and when it comes to Kyle, you getting numbers and style. Jake is going to educate you, he has that knowledge on fire. Player, step your game up, don't be sluggish or lazy, or Jimmy J might hit you with a shaky baby. Catch him on YouTube or any podcast platform, breaking all the news down like Shaq does the backboards. No hot takes, this is where the hottest debate's at. Now kick your feet up, cause it's time for Straight Facts. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains. Brought to you by the Up On Game Presents Network. Make sure you're going and getting Up On Game Presents, liking, following, subscribing, wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, YouTube. They're all over the place, man. We know they do a great job, and we also do a great job at this podcast. It's your boy, Jimmy J, with my guys, Jake Galley and Stat Matt Robinson. Uh, fans of the only team to sweep through the first round. How about it? A lot of a lot of kind of question marks and, and and concerns from the Sixers fans going into the playoffs, and you're the only one to break the brooms out. Uh, and, all, and, and to that point, a bunch of top seeds in the in their conference will get to it or are on like the losing end of their battle. So it has business. it is trended if you're a Sixers fan perfectly for you. I mean, a lot it's been a bloodbath in the East and some really head scratching series that you mentioned we'll get into to be fair Sixers did have the easiest 
series, I think you could make the case um, in the entire playoffs. So not to discount, they definitely need the rest because of Embiid's situation. Uh, I'm numb to it at this point. I'm sure we'll talk about it, but yeah, good stuff. No, that's the thing, Jake. I th- because of what we're discussing today, I think you're like the only series we're not going to talk about, which is a which should be a win for you guys. Like it's you know what I mean? our first is it James? Four game sweep since it 1985. It is. James, it's it's a win. You it's a win until you remember who you're. What this is like a horror movie to. that you know the yeah, ending to, to, and you live it time and time again. Yeah, but you have yeah. to appreciate the good moments because you know the dread is coming. So then, if you never appreciate the good moments, then you're always depressed. Talk to him, Matt. Talk to him, Matt. It's important to, like, it was an ugly series. The Nets made it ugly because it was their only chance to keep games competitive. And so there wasn't really any, like, huge, like, other than, like, Maxi being really fun in game three. It wasn't, like, a joy to watch, but it's an absolutely joyful result when you think of how much rest it grants us. And For sure. And got some other teams. With the buck with the with Trey Young hitting that shot that uh, makes the series wait two days for the second round to start, whether that be the Celtics or the Hawks. Exactly, exactly. It was just Please what I was about to say. So yeah, so Trey Young giving y'all some help with uh with pushing the Hawks series and, and Hawks and Celtics series back. So why don't we just get right into it? Because we're continuing our breakdown of the NBA playoffs. And I like the kind of slant that we're getting into today. It's like, what have we learned from the first round? And we're going to go into those series that are still going on. The series that are wrapped up, um, we're not really getting into it. So the series that are still going on, and we're going to preview a little bit of some series that we know are set for round two. So for the first one we're going to get into, it's the Celtics-Hawks series. That is right now 3-2 in favor of the Celtics. But the Hawks, just as Matt alluded to, are kind of making life a little difficult for the Celtics. Um, stealing, and Janet Jackson fans. And yeah, stealing game five. That's actually hilarious. They steal game five in Boston. And Atlanta was so sure. The city of Atlanta was so sure that the Celtics were going to get wrapped or the Hawks were going to get wrapped up in five games or less that they booked a Janet Jackson concert in the Atlanta Hawks stadium for the same night that game five would presumably be. And they had to move it because game five or game six, I'm sorry, was going to be in Atlanta. So regardless of that, the Hawks pushed this to three, two. So we'll, we'll table the Sixers side of that. Cause that's a round two discussion and keep it kind of Hawks Celtics for now. What are we learning from the, from that series from the, from either the Celtics or the Hawks? What are we learning? Uh, Granted, this isn't something that's new, but it reaffirms that it's there. The Celtics team has a little tendency to just kind of roll over and show put their a, belly sometimes. Put on a little like, cruise control sometimes. Yeah, yeah, for, like, sure. for I, sure. I really, like, they, and I'm sure they're getting blasted in market, and it brings me joy as a Sixers fan, but, like, I have to imagine, like, that's a really lame loss yesterday at home when you really can have, like, and again, I know it's one game at a time, but when you look at it from a top-down perspective, like you have a chance to now apply pressure. You you are the team that had a pressure applied to you. You had to win that game, not had to, but you really wanted to win that game. Not only so your team got some rest, but th- so then you can put the fire to the Sixers' feet, who ultimately are going to be a really big ho- hurdle, especially if Milwaukee is out. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I, it, what I learned and what Tatum is learning right now is. The NBA playoffs are a little bit more difficult when you don't get to ISO JJ Redick every possession down the floor as your number one matchup. That's what I learned. 
Well, it's it's. I I don't know why JJ Reddick got a, a stray just now. I hope he's okay. That was five years the, ago, man. For the yeah, for the <laughs> random stray. Like, Nineteen years old doing that. <laughs> my goodness, my JJ just chilling and just got a, just got like a little chill down his spot. He voted for Jokic, I think, or Giannis but or something. He, he, he probably did. Joke. I think he did vote for Jokic. But uh, I want to hit on your first point that the Celtics have. Uh, you said a, 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 a tendency to roll over and show their belly. I think it's a tendency to kind of put it on cruise control sometimes. And, what, you know, they had a great run through the playoffs last year, but we've seen this before of the Celtics being the top seed in the conference and kind of losing, not inexplicably, but losing a series that everyone thought they were going to win. You kind of reference Miami in the bubble when everyone thought they were going to win and Miami kind of completes the, the surprise run that they had and beats the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. And it starts with one of the things that I've kind of pointed out about the Celtics for a long time that has really even confused me about how they continue to win is that their best player doesn't play like their best player on a consistent basis. Jason Tatum in game five was 19 and six or something like that. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, Jake, you told me and it's as close to a quote unquote must win for the Celtics was being up three, one as the number two seed in the conference as it's going to get the team that you're going to play. That is going to be, everyone knows is battle of, of a series and this tough competition is getting days and days rest. Every day this series goes on is a day they gain of rest on you. And you know that. So like, I want to get that rest too. So that like this needed to get wrapped up. I don't want to go back to Atlanta because they go back to Atlanta and get a jump start of getting DeJounte Murray back and they win games. Who knows if they win game six? Like Atlanta has done this twice where they've won game six in Atlanta and they've had to go to game seven on the road and they've shocked somebody. They've done it before. Like, why would you not like that is it's, it's starting to, it was something that, confused me and something that I couldn't wrap my head around about the Celtics. And now it's something that is starting to concern me and and it's happening at the worst times, even in games and for Jason Tatum in the last two seasons, he's one for 24 from three when trailing by one or one through five points in the final five minutes of the game. Like when I, when I need a bucket from my star in the most is when he's going, when he goes cold and we could track back to like 2020, 2021 of him having like an abysmal game, through kind of each round through the playoffs. And it's like, we need consistency at the highest level. I, I said that the beginning of this year, last year, stamp Jason Tatum in his top 10, right? He's getting MVP votes and, and all-star starter nods. And people are starting to put him in the superstar category. Superstars don't put up 19 points in playoff games when you're trying to close out. They don't. Like, this is... Now it's it's that's what I'm learning. When about you're a scorer, like if you're when like you're a scorer, yeah, yeah. The, For sure. The the Celtics don't have the killer instinct of like when they have a team on the ropes, they don't kill them immediately, and that almost came back to bite them against Miami last year. They're up three two with Game Six in Boston, hmm. and they lost Game Six in Boston and had to win Game Seven in Miami. And they weren't able to, in the finals, it was game four, they're up 2-1, and they aren't able to close out um, Golden State in that game. I know Steph gets a lot of credit for going off in that game, but they still had a shot to win that game at home to go up 3-1, and they couldn't do it. And 
I don't think it's going to come back to bite him against a team as flawed as Atlanta. And like being a, a jaded Sixers fan makes it like hard to believe that they could do the same with the Sixers. But if I'm being like actually objective and if I'm looking at this as like a neutral fan and I'm like a Boston, if they like do this against uh, Philly in the next round, they're really in trouble. Like, but Matt, I, I think Boston lost the ability to look at next round anymore. Like, I think they've lost the ability to be like, oh, we can't do this against the Sixers. For, you know, forget that. <laughs> you like, you play, yeah, yeah you're, you're playing with your food now. <laughs> like, forget that because now you have to go. And, and I'm glad you said looking at it objectively because subjectively, yes, the Celtics at some point are going to wrap up this series. But objectively, as a basketball fan, it's now game six. Like it, the eventually is now and the Hawks are playing for something. There's a, there's a, an emotional reason. Momentum has left the Celtics side and you get a jump start of the Hawks, presumably second best player coming back to their lineup for a game at home. Like that's that not... first quarter is going to be so huge. Cause that mm-hmm. crowd's going to be jumping yeah, because they know they can have the Hawks don't have a great basketball history. If they upset the Celtics, it's one of the great moments in their basketball history since going to Atlanta and if they the Celtics if you are trying to be a title team which they which is what their expectation is when you lose the finals in Mm -hmm. six and you come back the next year in the two seed that's the first quarter where you have to like go you have to be up by like seven or eight after the first at least to like quiet the crowd say okay we're not playing with our food anymore um, that's the right phrase, Doc Rivers. Thank you for correcting it. I was about to say, <laughs> and but they're not going to get you. It's tough. If it's tough when you play against someone like Trey Young, who could can have a game where he just makes every shot, and yep. in those games, you can lose any. He could any when you have a player like Trey Young, you can win any one game sample, and the Hawks are a game away, a home game away from creating that oh my gosh, in one game, anything can happen. And Boston passed three games. Granted, they have won one out of the three, but past three games have allowed Atlanta. um, Actually, I guess last game doesn't technically count, but just about 120 over the last three games is where Atlanta's coming in, thereabouts or higher. That is a huge aberration for, you know, the Celtics defense throughout this series in the past couple of years. The one thing I'll say, and and I can end my Celtics uh, point on this. Their two bench players in Brogdon and Robert Williams are better than probably like 60% of the playoffs, 70% of the playoff starters. They're better than like, look around the three, you could pick three starters on basically every single team that they are as good, if not better than in my opinion. And when you have that coming off the bench, it, it is so, and we'll talk about the inverse of it with Memphis losing their bigs, but it is such a difference maker when stars go to the bench, good above average players go to the bench. Who do you have afterwards? That's where they really stay afloat, even when they are, you know, showing their belly, so to, so to speak. Well, I mean, and, and it's great. I think, I think it's a tremendous compliment to have right. if you're the Celtics. Key word is compliment. I don't want my star scoring 19 points like that. Like it, it, it off when you're, when you're Jason Tatum, you're doing that. It offsets everything. If Jason Tatum has 25 to 30 last night, it's all a compliment. This all is sprinkled on top of what he's doing. The Hawks get buried and they're moving on. 
but he turns up that performance and this now comes in as like a can this get us there it's not a compliment but now when Rob Williams and Malcolm Brogdon everybody else pitches in can that get us there because Jason Tatum only gave us 19 yep that's that's where I'm getting up with the self I just can't move get on, over Matt, the, the fact you that want, they were up problem, double sorry. digits with six minutes to go Talk. and that's so well, Matt, well, Matt, talk about because you you started with this a little bit and you wanted to talk about like what did we learn about the Hawks from from this point of view? What did this tell us about the Hawks? Because there's a side of that. It's not all the Celtics just yeah, yeah. is that the, the Hawks actually do care and Trey Young has this mentality of wanting to knock out Giants mm-hmm. as he has in the past. He knocked mm-hmm. out the one seed two years ago. Um he shut up Madison Square Garden uh that same playoffs. He like he had a bad playoffs last year, but Jimmy Butler had a horrible 2021 playoffs. Like you can have a really bad run, especially when you have a really poorly constructed team around you. And this is a guy in Trey Young that needs more credit. And I really hope the Hawks are able to build a better team around him. But he has a chance to break a lot of hearts of like like teams that are supposed to win. And I'd like it not to only be Sixers fan hearts. <laughs> yeah, that's... BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into 150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. If you're ready for an epic family vacation, there's no better place than sunny Orlando. Exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, fresh new dining experiences, outdoor adventures, and Florida's natural springs, and so much more. Orlando has it all. And Visit Orlando's vacation planners can help you plan the perfect trip. In Orlando, anything is possible, if you can imagine it. And that's what makes Orlando unbelievably real. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. 
That's true. I, they they proposed a new nickname for Trey Young, and I kind of like it. We talked about it off camera. The the gardener. I like it. I like it because of what he's doing in the TD Garden this year. What he did in Madison. If he does, if he completely, if they win Game Six and then Game Seven would be in Boston. So yeah, that would that would absolutely that winning closeout games be... at Madison Square Garden Game Five, and then it would be the Boston Garden Game Seven. So that would be. That cements it. Yeah, it, and the, the the Hawks are one of those teams where, like, it it doesn't. They view themselves truly as, like, we we can we should be here. We can we can be as good as any other team. Like, there are some teams that go into the playoffs, and when they're the lower seed, they know it. The Nets went into your series as the lower seed, and they knew it. The Wolves went in as the much lower seed in their conference, and they're playing like they know it. The Hawks went into this series. And it's not like they're not playing like they know to the lower seed. Like there's no, and, I, and I maybe a little bit is led by Trey Young, John Collins, and a lot of that core kind of remembering what they did two years ago and being like, hey, you know, it's this is anybody's game when we play well. But they're a testament to, like, if you don't take care of business as a top seed early, this is an NBA team too. And this is an NBA playoff team too. And I love what Quinn Snyder said right before Trey Young hit that dagger shot is like there was no play drawn up. He looked at Trey Young and he said, make a play. We believe in you. And like, that is like 45% of what the Hawks do is just like, sure. Like we'll believe and we're playing like we're as good as you. And if you don't play well enough, we're going to like stay in here and beat you. And his passing ability is so underrated too. This is a man who last year led the league in both points and assists in totality. Like his passing makes everyone else on the team better. And it makes it so you can't play as tight on him as you need to to contest his incredible shooting ability. Well, let me, and was, I know he had a down year shooting from three, but that's clearly an aberration. Matt, was he an all-star last year? He had to have been. I don't know if he was. I think he was, but I don't know if he was. Nah, he was great. an all-star. Was, I, didn't yeah. know the, I didn't know the points and assists uh, stat. That's crazy. He had to have. All right, so we'll move on to the next series. Both of them are are going on uh, tonight as we record on Wednesday. The Heat and Bucks. Uh, I'm sorry, no, no, I'm sorry. The Heat and Bucks went on Tuesday night. The Cavs Knicks are on actually right now as we speak. Matt, do we have a, a score Heat update? Bucks are on tonight? They're on at oh, nine thirty. Cool. Do we have a, a score update on the Cavs Knicks? The currently the Knicks are up nine early in the second. Knicks up nine. So Knicks fans, by the time you guys hear this podcast, you could be wrapped up in your series as well. So why don't we just talk about that one? Knicks Cavs right now. Knicks are up three one in that series. Um, to us to the surprise of a lot of people. But if you remember in the regular season when we talked about this in our, our playoff preview, the Knicks won this regular season series three to one. So a lot of Knicks fans kind of knew this was a big possibility that they could come in and beat this Cavs team, and it looks like they have them on the ropes and on the brink of elimination right now of, of a gentleman's sweep right now. So what are we, what are we learning about either the Knicks or the Cavs right now in this series? RJ Barrett came to play. RJ is, Barrett came alive, man. Thank yeah, God. He's, he was Puma bad fan. the whole year. And my whole thing is Julius Randle such a bad playoff performer. I don't think they can get it done. I was half right. Julius Randle's a really bad playoff performer. He's mm-hmm. been horrible every single game. He's bad right now. He's one for six from the field, and they're up eleven now. And it's it's and they're winning in spite of their second best or best player, depending on who you talk to, 
playing this poorly, and it's because R.J. Barrett has come alive. I know some games he's been poor, but like the game when he was so bad the whole year, getting the performance that they've gotten from him offensively in a rock fight of a series where the over under for this game was one hundred one point five, which is which is incredible in today's NBA, and. Yeah. With how good the Knicks defense has been, getting scoring outbursts from places you don't expect, like an R.J. Barrett, is so crucial. Uh, and by Josh the way, Hart, like nineteen, is a scoring outburst that you know is is I on the kid for the Knicks. Let's temper not expected when it, when we mention R.J. Barrett's name. He is still the second pick. He's just not playing like. It. And granted, that that make that means a lot. Him not playing like it, and it means more than him being the second pick a couple years ago. However, he was the second pick because he has a ton of potential. I think he's finally getting a matchup where he can show it. I, I like, you know, uh, the guards of Cleveland are not defensive uh, geniuses per se. They're solid, they're athletic, but like, you know, especially Garland, if you can get him on a matchup, that is all day. But mm. you have to take hats off to Tibbs. I mean, this is like somewhere, this is where he has lived. He's made this series a hit a couple of these games have been like bad taste in your mouth a terrible basketball to watch but it's great if you're a Knicks fan because this is like exactly how Tibbs wants to win um I think while we've lauded Evan Mobley and I don't think he's I think Mitchell is definitely more to blame than Mobley or anyone else on this team for how they performed you know the the different looks that they've given him when you look at how the Knicks have uh, kind of manipulated their lineup. So obviously um, we have Mitchell Robinson starting in, if he started tonight, it will be five of the games. But, um, you know, they, they've given him a lot of looks. Mitchell Robinson's played 105 minutes, but quickly Hartenstein um, right there with him. So he's, they've, they've been able to, I think, mismatch, mismatch just like the word just mismatched me. Um, nice. their lineup a little bit, and it's nice. given the youth a bit of trouble with the Cavs. Yeah. No, the, the Tibbs point is perfect, Jake. That's what I've learned for this series. I originally thought coming into this series, the lower the score advantage Cleveland. Because of how good their defensive metrics were in the regular season, I thought the lower the score was going to – that's their game, right? They want to hold you to lower scoring games when to play physical. But like Tibbs said, like, if you want to make these games ugly, let's make these games ugly. And since, Matt, to your Julius Randle point, since both stars aren't playing well, since the Knicks' best player isn't playing that well and the Cavs' best player isn't playing that well, the Knicks are winning the ugliness. Like, they're, they're like, our best player isn't playing this well. We're turning these games ugly. They're not going to be scoring games because our best scorer isn't going to keep up with you guys. He's not scoring well. So we're going to make this ugly. And then that goes advantage Knicks. Knicks. The Knicks have kind of the dogs on their side that do the dirty work and the ugly things, the Josh Hart's, the Emmanuel Quickly's, the the Deuce McBride's, the Mitchell Robinson's. Like those are the guys who are gonna win those kind of battles, those kind of kind of you know uh, um, grimy type playoff games. You heard the soundbite of Josh Hart, right? Like he goes to Mitchell Robinson and he's like, "You get offensive rebounds, I get offensive rebound, or you get regular rebounds, I get rebounds that break teams." That's what he said. Like you get regular rebounds. I get rebounds that break teams. Like I get the rebound where you finally thought like you, you finally got a good defensive possession. You've been scrambling around. You finally forced the miss. 
your biggest right under the ball, and then Josh Hart comes out of nowhere, steals that possession, gets it back, and they score off it. Like, the Knicks are winning the series on those kind of possessions. That's what I didn't see coming in, and that's what I'm learning is, like, the biggest advantage for them. And then just, like, rebounding in total, right? Like, 33% on the offensive boards. Like, one of every three missed shots on the offensive rebound, they're grabbing. Like, that's you're going to win that way, and that's that's what they're doing. It's it's so funny to me. Like you, you have the best players in the world. There is so much skill that goes into a singular NBA game, and the thing that indelibly pushes it one way or the other is the fact: Do you have a guy like Josh Hart or a PJ mm-hmm. Tucker or a you name it who is going to ugly it up and do something the other team really didn't want to have happen? Like yeah. offensive like rebound. They want to have to deal with it, right? They don't have to deal with that. Like yeah. I'm I'm Donovan Mitchell, and I know this is a Sixers fan because teams do it all the time to Embiid when he gets lazy and doesn't box out. If I'm being if I'm guarding Donovan Mitchell, or rather, I'm sorry, if Donovan Mitchell's guarding me and he knows he has to ball handle, you know, for a full 24 seconds down the other way. I don't know if he's always going to be offensive rebounding. So love, love and need the Josh Hart type character on your team. And then what I've learned about the Cavs and it's really what I've learned about Donovan Mitchell. This is a, this, you know, they, they coexist. I've learned them both. So far, if he he has a chance to turn it around. Very, very, very true. And this is the first series with the Cavs, but I've always had my hesitation about Donovan Mitchell being the number one on a truly title contending team. And remember when we talked, I remember we was with Martin Soares, with our guy, Martin Soares, when Donovan Mitchell got to the Cavs, when they made this trade. And I said, it, it doesn't turn me into a believer, but it makes me go, hmm. Right? You guys remember that? Well, I was like, hmm. It makes me look twice. Well, I've looked. I've went, hmm. And I've learned that that shit has changed. <laughs> not from Donovan Mitchell. Not from the Cavs. It didn't do any. It did all this glimmer and, and all this shiny stuff during the regular season. But I'm sorry. When Donovan Mitchell had less help, he was doing more. When Donovan Mitchell had less around him with the Jazz, we saw explosions. 40 points, 50 points. And and I'm, I'd be okay if he did less with more help around him and it was still 30 to 35-point games, which he's had some in this series. But we're not we're not... Donovan Mitchell was supposed to be, is known to be a superstar type bona fide score. He dropped 71 this year. He has like the fourth or fifth highest scoring playoff game of all time with like 56 points, right? With the Utah Jazz. Where it's at now. Like this, this, if you did it now, was the biggest. We talked about Tatum having 19. You're down 2 1. And you have eleven on five of eighteen. That was that was the. That's not shaky. He fell. (laughs) (laughs) Like that is that is that game was ripe for the taking. Especially like you've seen players like Curry. Like I remember against the Rockets, like he like didn't make a shot the entire first half, and then he finished with thirty, and they came back to win that series. Like it was Game Six against Houston, and like. He was really struggling that entire game, Mitchell. But the fourth quarter comes and they're only down two. And you're thinking, okay, this is where Mitchell can take over if he just finds his confidence. And it just never happened. And it was missed. And then he was – it seemed like he was so stressed about missing. 
that he just rushes shots tries trying to like end the cold streak as fast as possible and it just compounded and it broke the the any chances the Cavs have had of winning that game because the Knicks were able to pull away in the fourth and take this commanding 3-1 lead. And I know the Knicks defense needs to be celebrated, but stars score well in spite of great defense. They can have a bad game here and there, but they can't have a series where their where season average is 28.7, they're 22, and their three-point percentage collapses to 30, and their field goal percentage collapses to 43, and their free throw percentage collapses from 86 to 66. It's something that if you are a superstar scorer, which is what Mitchell was in the regular season, he is not showing that at all this postseason. Yeah, and that's that's something that no one, I don't think, really was was anticipating or no one was predicting. I was saying that because I that on the pre- on the pod last week I called it, it was like two one. The Knicks are going to be Knicks fans. We all remember that game. We could have three one, but then Mitchell went nuts. I was like, "Oh, it's going to happen!" And then, it, and then he just the literal opposite happened. He played. His I worst called for game of his career. I called for a double explosion in Game Four <laughs> from from Brunson and and Mitchell, and um, and and that's the other thing that we got to talk about for the Knicks, right? Like, we cannot talk about what the Knicks are doing without mentioning. Mentioning Jalen Brunson, I got the, the Villanova on me right now, where it's at. The, the V's on me right now. Him representing Josh Hart, too. But that's also where the advantage goes for the Knicks is when these games turn ugly and when they turn close, they have, what, the fourth, third, fourth most clutch player in, in the NBA this season in Jalen Brunson, and he's shown it in games three and four. Really, game four, icing that, you know, him going on that little eight to ten run by himself in the fourth and icing it, dapping up John Starks afterwards and all that and ev- everything. So when Matt, like the stats that you point out, out pointed out are, are everything because all the things that all the playoff stats you need and all the stats that the Cavs hung their hats on all season is all decreasing. Like the defensive percentage, the rebounding percentage, the three point percentage, like it's all, it's all diminishing. And that's, that's where you're going to lose playoff games, man. For the, sure. The Cavs need to, or, okay, so the Cavs need to do one of two things. They should um, either package up a bunch of their, like, good, above-average players, maybe that includes Mobley, and get, like, a bona fide star. I don't I don't want this that's Rudy Gobert they, That's BS. what they thought they did. That's what they thought they did. They went and got that bona fide star. No, but that's... What, what, what in Utah would make you think that you're going to bring him to a worse team and he's going to do better? I, like, look, Donovan <laughs> Mitchell is great, but he... Ultimately, like to me, like if he went the D Wade route, the Devin Booker route, like we've seen scoring guards who just get great players on their team and they win champion, they go on runs and eventually win championships. And, you know, if there's a big difference between putting a scoring guard with Shaquille O'Neal and putting him with Rudy Gobert or uh, Mitchell or uh, 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 Allen, I'm sorry, Jared Allen. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. Um, other the other Easter Conference uh, series, the last one, the Heat and the Bucks, coming on tonight at, at 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, hey, y'all, the, the Heat are... I just want to say one thing yeah. about Tibbs quickly, just because I forgot to mention it. Him benching Randall for Toppin is such a risky move for like a coach that has gone from team to team. But it's also something... It's such, it was such a... That's the type of coaching decision that only a guy like Tibbs with the full confidence he has in himself can do. And that was 
that might have won him the game. Uh, yeah, for sure. The, I mean, coming from the Knicks camp, it didn't seem like something that was a hard decision for them or something that they 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 weren't surprised that he made that decision. Objectively, you are because that's the Knicks' best player, and Tibbs has kind of catered to Julius Randle a lot and to, to a lot of the frustration of Knicks fans into the Knicks camp. But if you look at the way he's playing, the way he's playing all series, and what Obi Toppin is doing in his minutes too, another guy who's getting he's, who's willing to kind of do the things that don't fall or, or don't come up on the stat sheet, it was an obvious move. Um, mm-hmm. But no, we we do have to get to the the Heat and the Bucks series, and um, yeah, y'all, the Heat the Heat are got the Bucks on the ropes right now, and I'm sure everyone in the world has heard about what playoff Jimmy Butler did in Game Four. But it's it's really just so surprising that the Heat are doing this without Tyler Hero, who was such a, a big part of what they did on the offensive end, and it's so much a part of their scoring and their identity. And the Heat are kind of doing that in spite of them. What are we learning about the Heat or the Bucks in this series? Or what should I say? What are we like getting reaffirmed about? At least from the Heat side of things, yeah. what are we getting reaffirmed about? Because I Jimmy think Butler's that dude. Yeah, we, we uh, knew it already. I, got, I pushed back against this last year. I got to push back again. Oh Jimmy God. Butler. There you go. No, no, Jim, Jimmy oh, Butler. Please don't call him overrated, Matt. Please don't do it. I, I don't know how Why overrated that? Jimmy Butler. Because you did this last time. Con- you always wait there. till the day after he pops off to do it. Why you <laughs> do that? It's because he. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
When the time comes to plan your next big getaway, know we got a destination idea for you. Orlando. Just think about it. The thrills at their 15 world-class theme parks, followed by awesome outdoor adventures, amazing food festivals, and top-notch dining spots. Orlando has all that and much more than you'd expect. In Orlando, anything is possible if you can imagine it. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. That's visitorlando.com for everything you need for an amazing getaway. He is the only player that can have one of the greatest playoff games ever. And if he scored eight points tonight, I wouldn't be that shocked. That's no, fair, Matt. Be mad. But no would be mad. But, but, but like, like he's got to so, do it so all. He, there's three all. Jimmy Butler playoff performances. There's one of the great. Oh my gosh, Jimmy Butler. There's yeah. oh, it's a it's ex insert Jimmy Butler's level of play in the league. He plays like that player. Yeah. And that's another third. And then there's a third where he's absolutely horrible. Like last last and, last and Eastern Conference walk. Finals, he had two 40-point games and two games where he scored single digits. There's I'm not gonna look through every player in NBA history, but I'm gonna say now that's never happened before and it never will happen <laughs> again unless like someone gets like a crazy injury or something. Like he is the most unique playoff performer ever. Because if you look at just his like his normal his playoff stats and and cumulative, they work out to be oh he's a good playoff performer. But he has these games where he is the best Heat playoff performance ever. When this is a team that's had Shaq, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Mourning, and then he has complete stink. He is he is the most unique. Um, well, that's because I would I would wonder like. It- and, and Tate will probably show this too. Those single-digit outpoint games. I wonder what else he's doing on the floor. Because if I ask you what what's Jimmy Butler's like, what's his role on the Heat? Like, is he is he the Winner. scorer? Winner. Is, <laughs> wait, wait. Is is he is he the defensive player? Is he the facilitator? Is he Honestly, the he does what is he the Stone coach? Needs is he the, do? I think is he's, he the GM. He yeah, he exactly. Like, yeah, I, I'm I'm guessing the relationship spell says I need you to do this. And then he tries to do it. And if he successfully keeps doing it, and then if not, then Spurs says, "Okay, you're not shooting well tonight. Do more of this." So, uh, you know how when you clock into like a job, especially like a, a union job, and you go and you clock in and you go to the break room or you go to wherever you set up, and 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 on the chart, there's a chart with your name by, it, and there's a list of tasks under it. This is what I need you to do for today's work to get the job done and be good. Jimmy Butler goes to the to the arena. Goes to the locker room, and in the locker room, there's a big sheet, a chart of everyone's name, and Spo has written this. And under everyone's name is a list of tasks they have to do. Under Jimmy's name is everything on a <laughs> basketball court. Every single thing that you have to do is under Jimmy Butler's name. Under Bam's name is rebound sometimes and play, play hard. Defense. <laughs> no one else has no one else has tasks under everyone else has to go out there do what jimmy says <laughs> yeah go out there and get cardio that's too funny so when he has eight points matt yes i accept those with the 40 point games because i would imagine that the eight point game came the game after the 45 point game because jimmy's tired well because <laughs> jimmy's tired here's why no, I... for me that's what separates him from an all-time great playoff performer matt i hear you matt. Like if you're like like I do hear him play performance, you're talking Jordan, Dude, LeBron, he's not, Shaq. That's fine. Like that's fine. There so is it's more about like he is in. It's in. It, he's that when I when I I'm just kind of just being like exact about this. If you're 
considered one of the greatest player performers ever. I'm thinking of you next to Jordan and LeBron. And Jordan and LeBron don't have eight-point games after 45-point games. Um, right. They would never do that. And I agree. However. LeBron did it. LeBron did do it. LeBron did do it. Not did it one game. time. He was bad that whole finals. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Jimmy Butler, like, I, so in terms of, like, impossible shot making, like, uncanny they're doubling you they know you're shooting the fadeaway turnaround jump shot there's michael there's kobe there's kyrie don't say it there's steph steph has steph has to be before there damar in the regular no and then and it's like jimmy then it's jimmy seriously in terms of like hard impossible shot with Kawhi. Kawhi. Kawhi's up there but he's but what i'm saying is is that like (laughs) You could lump Jimmy in there without the second bat of an eye because they know you could even throw down out of the timeout a little red dot where Jimmy is going to shoot the ball before the play happens, and the shot would go up and go in if he's on rhythm. I think that, especially coming from a Philadelphia point of view, like he is someone who you want on your team, not just for like what he does on a basketball court, but... I mean, aside from him being a little prickly, that's kind of who you want as your leader. The guy, oh, we have every reason to not be winning this game or not win this game. Giannis is finally back. Harrow's out. Oladipo's out. We have no guard depth. That doesn't matter when he scores 50. It just doesn't. Yeah. He scored 21 so, in the fourth. Before you go, I on. think the Bucks are going to win this series because this could come back to bite me literally in three hours or four hours by the time the game ends. But the fact that Giannis missed two games, really three games, because he only played like 11 minutes in game one. Giannis comes back. He has a triple-double. And the Heat barely win despite Jimmy Butler playing one of the best playoff games we've ever seen. The fact that that needed to happen to beat the Bucs at like normal strength at home makes me think, the Bucks, uh, it's down three one. You only need to win once, so it's like, it's it's obviously a tough task. But uh, the Bucks should win this series. There shouldn't be an excuse for them not to win the series. Still, Bud should get fired if they don't win the series, and they should get like Nick Nurse in there. Um, because if you remember, Bud would have been fired if Kevin Durant were uh, give him any ideas one Matt. size smaller. Like, and then they're a playoff joking team every year. The Bucks, if Katie is one true size smaller. So this is like the Heat's three-point shooting is wildly unsustainable. Um, they're shooting 52% on contested threes on 82 attempts. They have 82 attempts where they're I shooting contested. I and they're from the regular season, they're shooting 33. And that's just not sustainable. If they come out with a champion's mentality, they, you can't lose at home game five when you're a one seed. That's really embarrassing against an eight seed this is a one eight matchup we have to remember this yeah, is and they're down wildly one. embarrassing like, I, I i i get that like a lot of things on paper shouldn't happen but like i'm not like we're in the series now like i can't just look at it as it's a one eight matchup we're talking about because the, the heater up the bucks have two home games with the best player in the win. world and they got to win a road game and i think Giannis can get them that win and, and and I hear you, but the Heat got to win one more game. And I disagree with you that their their shot making is 
is unsustainable. Maybe that high 54%, even for wide open threes, is a crazy percentage as a team. But that's like part of their makeup. And I know they lost their best three-point shooter, one of their best, but Duncan Robinson came off the bench and, and started like 13 for 16 from three from this series. Max Strew started off the entire play and playoff scenario with a 31 point game and like 75% from three or something dumb from like that. Like they have the ability to hit shots. And if it's catalysted by their best player hitting shot like this, like I imagine a lot of those contested shots are from Jimmy Butler. And if he's going to continue to do that, I'm not, I'm not saying it's going to carry them all the way to a finals run. I'm not saying they can sustain it for two more rounds. But if they got to do it one more game to beat the Bucks, I 100% believe that they can do it and, and beat Milwaukee and at least get to the second round of the playoffs. So, like, I, I truly believe that that's, that is feasible for this Heat team who runs oh, on these uh, kind Feasible of is one thing. Like, I just think – I think the Bucks are the best team in basketball, and I think they're looking at themselves like, what just happened, and they're going to rebound – and they're going to rebound – literally and figuratively um and win game five tonight they the tough game will be game six in my opinion because that's the road game um but i think a team with championship mentality there's and you're way better if you just look at just the talent gap like the 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 third best player on the heat would be like the seventh best player on the bucks um playing right now because heroes hurt and it's inexcusable to lose the series, and I think the Bucks will get back together and come back from three one. And I, I won't hold I that disagree. against Jimmy Butler either, because it's incredible that Jimmy Butler's gotten them up three one. This is like remember there. It's like the Jekyll and Hyde. It's two faced situation where Milwaukee's great when they're great, but they also know how to crumble in the playoffs. We've just forgot about it because of how successful they've been. Because they so, won a title, yeah. yeah. We will see. We're going to move from the Eastern Conference to the Western Conference right now. Uh, we're going to talk about – we'll talk about the Nuggets and Sun Series last because that is that is the only series that is not going to be a, a first-round matchup that we're going to talk about. We're going to stick to the first-round things, and we got the Lakers and the Grizzlies and the Kings and the Warriors. Lakers and Grizzlies right now. Lakers up 3-1 uh, after the most recent win. Um, in LA to put them up 3-1. Got the Grizzlies really on the ropes right now. What are we learning from the Grizzlies and what are we learning from the Lakers? I think for the Grizzlies, the thing that really jumped out to me is they are falling victim, victim to, I think what we've seen many other young upstart teams fall victim to when playing LeBron. LeBron has, like, Nothing about anything that could potentially happen would surprise LeBron. LeBron hasn't been through in a playoff series and playoff environment. And I think that shows up, especially last night. I mean, he tore them up. But what I learned is, you know, for all the star power that John Morant provides, this is a team that lives and dies on its depth. And when you take that depth away, for as good as Ja is, he's not good enough to beat a team that, even though they're worse, has stars who are performing at the peak of their powers. Um, I think when you look at the possession battle and the slow pace, 97.5 possessions per game, which was highly boosted, I believe, by their last game in terms of the sample size. The other games have been pretty slow uh, to memory. But that completely favors LeBron James and Anthony Davis, both on offense and on defense. 
uh, AD on defense, probably LeBron more so on offense. Um, and now so you've been rough offensively. Yeah, he he. Ha- well, Anthony Davis, we could we could have a dissertation. I think he's a bit of a fraud, but regardless, um, I'm, gonna, in this, I'm about to prop him up. <laughs> in this series, he's been good enough. But the Grizzlies shooting 41 percent from the field, 30 percent from three. Not going to be good enough in the half court. And then, uh, as I mentioned, Xavier Tillman is theoretically a guy who should be beating up on the other team's bench player. He should be out running, out pacing, out energizing them. Instead, he has to guard a Hall of Famer on some possessions. Like, that's not a winning battle for Memphis. Yeah, and, and I agree with you, Jake. And the, and the reason why the pace of play is hurting them so much and slowing them up is that depth allows you to get out and run, allows you to be a fast-moving team because we can always keep fresh legs in. If we can go eight, nine deep, and eight, nine deep of players who produce, you know what I mean? Like, they're still going seven deep, and it's not with Steven Adams and Brandon Clark. Like, if they were able to just allow, especially with their bigs you're talking about, if Xavier Tillman doesn't have to see 35 minutes of game action, they might be in a little bit better of a position to have these guys to do with Anthony Davis and, and things like that. And you can just get out to run. And what I was wrong last week, Jake, you weren't here. When we talked to Martin, I actually suggested that the Grizzlies slow it down because of how well they can shoot the ball from three-point range. They have Luke Kennard, who ended the, the regular season as the best shooter for percentage-wise in the NBA. You have Desmond Bain, who also shoots at a nearly 40% clip or higher, a very good three-point shooter. And actually, despite bending his hand backwards, sideways, and all other sorts of ways, John Moran is shooting the ball really well from three in this series. So I thought, hey, slow it down. It's not what the Grizzlies are used to. It's not how they normally win games, but it's a strength that they had on offense. I thought maybe if they could lead into it, they would get it, but they're losing every other battle, especially the mental warfare. They're absolutely losing it. So it's not really helping them, and, and I was definitely wrong on that. I thought that was going to help. So I've what I've learned this series overall, Lakers actually have a shot to win the title, which is crazy to say. But their traded line moves gave him depth. And if Anthony Davis can find his offensive game, they could absolutely get through the West. And I think the only team that they'd really struggle with in the East, like mightily, would be Philly or um, Milwaukee. And Milwaukee is a game away from their series ending. And I'm never going to think the Sixers are going to make the finals until it happens. So <laughs> the fact, if acted Anthony Davis is playing this well defensively despite his offense being so poor, I think really shows his good mentality that I've criticized him in the past for not having. I said he got a ring and then just like played like 80%. And he, I think he decided, Hey, I want to try again. And he's really busting his ass on defense, uh, holding the Grizzlies to 30% from the field when against him 4.8 blocks per game. And he's second among all players in the playoffs with deflections that combined with too like just doing everything yeah 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 1.8 steals like lebron being lebron and that shot over jaron jackson is just so beautiful because it's perfect defense from jackson you force the really high shot off the glass which is a tough shot to make but you're going against the goat so it's Mm -hmm. just that that happens and then you lose in overtime but and from the grizzly side taylor jenkins needs to just like bench Dylan Brooks completely. Yeah, it's over. It's over. Dylan Brooks is not good at basketball. Imagine (laughs) if Andre Roberson was just pretty good at defense and shot the ball 15 times a game instead of like three (laughs) and fired up the other team by being a jackass. Yeah. Like Dylan Brooks is 
the worst offensive, high volume offensive player in the league by far. I went through. So among players who shoot six threes per game, he is 42nd out of 42nd in three point percentage. Among players with 12 field goal attempts per game, he is 65th out of 66. With set, just two point attempts, he is 80th out of 81st with pe- players who shoot seven or more. And his overall true shooting percentage among qualified players, all the entire league is 196 out of 198. He is horrible offensively. And he is shooting so many shots. The fact that he has taken 51 shots in the series, which is the amount, uh, which is the amount as Tillman and Kennard combined, is yeah, it's bad. Horrible by Taylor Jenkins to let him to let him keep shooting. It That's is bad. such a negative every single time Dylan Brooks shoots a basketball that it every time he shoots, the late uh, like LeBron says thank you, and he should say it out loud because it would be really funny. But, he probably has said it yeah, out loud. Yeah. He probably he yeah. yeah, he's he's been very public about what's going on with Dylan Brooks. And I like that because Dylan Brooks here isn't strong enough to deal with that. Like and I and I think LeBron called Dylan Brooks Dylan Brooks bluff from the beginning of like you barking like you want to be a big dog, but you don't think that I'll take it there. At least Lance Stevenson is like goofy about be, it. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> here's what I've learned about Dylan Brooks in particular is the villain role doesn't suit you when you try out for it. The villain role only suits you when we give it to you. Trey Young didn't dress in goofy stuff to the arena and go, I poke bears to the media in hopes that we say, ooh, he's the antagonist. You know what I mean? He like felt Lance, so tough saying I poke bears. Like he felt he so tough saying. Lance Stevenson was doing everything up under the sun oh. to get under LeBron's skin. But did he ever once go to the media and say like this is uh, this is the guy I'm portraying? Like no. I think Stevenson was, went on record saying he's LeBron I James. I got to try everything. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, why I'm blowing in his it ear. Was, it was just authentic. <laughs> yeah. Like it wasn't like a ooh paint me to i want to be the next villain because right. like you know what i mean that doesn't if you're too eager that doesn't work because then now you're doing it for all the wrong reasons you're doing it for the attention instead of actually trying to dethrone someone which is what those other villains were just naturally doing and, it and just, you can't you can't be a pick me girl for the villain <laughs> that, 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 that don't it don't work like that BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When the time comes to plan your next big getaway, know we got a destination idea for you. Orlando. Just think about it. The thrills at their 15 world-class theme parks, followed by awesome outdoor adventures, amazing food festivals, and top-notch dining spots. Orlando has all that and much more than you'd expect. In Orlando, anything is possible if you can imagine it. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. That's visitorlando.com for everything you need for an amazing getaway. Um, it's that's actually a really great point. Like at least Draymond, like it is, it's who Draymond is. It's who he is. But it's right. It, it's the fabric of Draymond. Is he is just you know a coarse dude. And and and, and, and real quick, I'll let you go. The worst thing Dylan Brooks has done, and I tweeted this, was make me have a newfound respect for Draymond Green because Draymond, it, I cannot believe he's done this. No one's ever been able to do this. <laughs> But Dylan Brooks, no one has ever been able to. You're like offended. I am. I'm upset. <laughs> like it's beyond like angry. You're because, offended. Because, because like, how dare you? Because, <laughs> because sharp basketball minds have have pointed out to me how good Draymond Green is, and I respect him for the player he is. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. I know basketball enough to know the impact Draymond Green has, and I still just have never liked him as a player. What he does on the court, what he brings. But Draymond Green could throw up a dumpster fire of a game, and he has. He gonna stand there and talk to the media. He gonna say something. He gonna talk to you too if you're he if you're talk- the right. If he's the dude who's been sticking in your side, yeah. and then you finally get one, he's gonna be right there. He gonna talk to you. Hell, he gonna fire up the good old podcast <laughs> app and talk to you. He gonna talk like that. Like, like, that's the respect I have for him. You can't say all this you can't say i poke bears and then when the bear beat you up <laughs> on some leonardo DiCaprio and the reverend type stuff <laughs> when that happens to you you can't say i'm out after that you can't do that and then blame the media for painting you as a villain i thought you poked that's too funny. I it was funny as I literally was gonna make a revenant joke. I like, got it around. I get absolutely tossed so, around. He poked the cocaine bear. That's, what, think, that's who he poked. Well, it it does go to show, you know. And I think before the series, there was some talk of it on podcasts. Like you know, people people feared Michael and Kobe, but people don't fear LeBron. Look, it's fine. You don't have to fear LeBron. You can go in the and media gonna, and talk about it, and he's not going to embarrass you viciously and like make you want to quit basketball. Good but point. that doesn't mean he's not going to demolish you. That's and not the goal quit basketball. of basketball to be to make your opponents afraid of you. The goal is to win. 
Right. Like, like, I don't, who, cares, who cares if they were afraid or not when you beat them? <laughs> 30, 15, and 10 still went on your dome. Yeah. Scared or not? You could you could have you could have accepted it happily. You could have been excited for me. Best friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no matter. 35, 15, and 12. <laughs> like it's they, why you lose. So it, it do not matter. We're watching right now the Grizzlies take their lumps over the past two years. We're watching what I think needs to happen for a, a maturation process for a young team who's got young leaders. This is a turning point, right? I think Ja got humbled off the court. Dylan Brooks got humbled on the court. The Grizzlies just need to get humbled as a team, as an organization. You can't pop everything before you've proven anything. You know what I mean? Like you can't, it's just, you, you, you got to go through it and you got to respect the Giants before you. I think Dylan Brooks does respect LeBron and he said a lot of it. Like that's LeBron James, one of the greatest of all time, but it's just who I am. I'm here to, I poke bears on. I've heard, I hope the Grizzlies have learned a valuable lesson. And the last point I'll make, I also tweeted this too. Currently, Grizzlies up nine in the second quarter of the Lakers. Go for them. Go for them. Go for They're them. home, so. Go for them. No, no, go for them. <laughs> I hope they keep it. Hey, they need it. Yeah, I hope they keep it up. I hope they keep it up. And this is all just retrospective talk of, of game four, not any kind of talk of what we're seeing in game five, because I could eat my words by the time y'all hear this Thursday morning. But a lot of what people said made Jordan the GOAT, the greatest of all time, is that you couldn't game plan for him, right? It was impossible to drop something to game plan for Jordan. He was going to beat whatever you threw at him. It did not matter. Well, I watched the Grizzlies brag and boast about a so-called game plan for LeBron. It was a loose game plan. Force him left. I don't know what kind of game plan that is, but that, that was the game plan, right? All I'm going to do is force him left. And LeBron beat them game-winning shot going left off the bucket. So let's have the same energy because that's not the first time a team has come out and said this was our game plan and LeBron kicked it in the face. It's not that the first time. Well, he just, so I just, just go ahead. I just, it's got to be, it's got to be put on record, he, right? Because this is another reason. If I were ranking among anyone who is living today, levels of like knowledge of basketball, LeBron James would be my number one pick. There's no Easy. one on earth who in like the X's and O's of like, you know, counters to counters, nothing. And, right, and no, the, no role he's, the role he's taken on with this team, I think it's it's different. Like he, he it may not even be different. Actually, it's not different at all. <laughs> I think what LeBron has, has learned is he has to treat this Lakers team almost like he treated the 2018 Cavs team. And I don't think he thought he had to do that. I got Anthony Davis. I at one point I had Russell Westbrook. I got D'Angelo Russell. I got I got veterans. I don't have to do that. But in that post-game interview, he said, I told my teammates, just go and play. Just go and play ball, do you. I'll worry about the X and O's and all that stuff because I have the ability to do that and still play. You guys that. go hoop. I will put you in your spots. I'm sorry. Is that not what he did with the 2018 Cavs? He just said, hey, turn the brain right. off. You go there, you go there, you go there. When the ball hits your hand, shoot it and make it. But, like, don't worry about the technical stuff. I will worry about that. Austin Reeves, just go hoop. Yeah. Jared Vanderbilt, just, just go hoop. AD, just go hoop. Mm. Stop worrying about all this stuff, mm. man. Just I got it. Just just go hoop. I'll and toughen up, AD. You should tell him go hoop and toughen up. has become, like, the best shooter in the league. Because he don't got to worry about X's and O's. <laughs> just, just, just always shoot. 
But, but, he's been a horrible, he's a bad shooter. No, no, he's been a great, I was going to say, he's always been a good player, though. I've liked him as a prospect player. coming out of Zaga, so. I don't know. And, and I think player. just, uh, it's just, when you got a team like this, and it, it, it may not, they may not be young, but they're new. So it's like, hey, man, y'all y'all go and hoop. I'm worried about the X's and O's. Um, Jake, you had a point that you had to make before we move on? No, I, I, uh, I, I think I said pretty much everything that I had, just... You're 20, LeBron. Drink it all. Like, this is this is amazing. I mean, that we get to watch this. A player a 20 in your 20 doing what he's doing. Drop a 20 and 20 game in the playoffs. And Sick. by the way, next year, if some retirements happen, LeBron has a chance to be the oldest player in the NBA. Wow. And 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 let me tell you, if he's doing this as the oldest player in the association, there is there is no more argument. There's no more. I let him like lead the league in scoring or do some. Let him do something as the oldest well, player sure. in the NBA. Last year will be oh, crazy. Oh, there will be zero argument. Then we can wrap it up there. Speaking of wrap it up, we got one series to talk about before we wrap up this episode. Um, one of the most entertaining, the Golden State Warriors Sacramento series tied two two, as a lot of us thought it could be going back to Golden State. Sacramento. Now, no, I'm sorry. A lot of it could be when it was going back to Golden oh, State. Yeah, a lot yeah. of us thought it could be end up getting tied mm-hmm. up again, as it is, as you're right, Matt, going back to Sacramento for Game 5. I mean, I think we've learned a lot <laughs> in this series from both teams. But who wants to start at which team? Like, what are we learning from either Golden State or Sacramento? Well, just in general, there's a lot of talk about, oh, Sacramento missed their shot. They were a shot away from going up 3-1. They were trailing that entire fourth quarter mostly. And in game one, Wiggins missed a shot that would have won the game. Yeah. Yep. So, like, both teams had the buzzer beaters. And if you make them both go in, it's 2 2 still. But they both missed. So, 2 2 fits the series perfectly. It is the most even matchup of the playoffs. And I really hope that Fox's finger is something that he can manage through and still play like himself yeah he said he, he feels fine play tonight, so yeah, he said he felt fine um he said no if fans or butts right he's playing what i've learned is and maybe it's i've learned i had to put a little bit more respect on the kings but what i've learned is the kings can do what they do with the best of them like i thought the way that kings scored and the way that kings played was so similar to the way that the warriors played that they weren't going to be able to beat the Warriors at their own game. And we talked last week when the series was kicking off after the first couple of games that I had to apologize right after game two to the Kings of like, like you you are doing this with the team who I thought you weren't going to be able to do it with. Like, I didn't think there was a chance that the Kings were going to go up against Golden State and beat them at their own game. And they did it in the first two games. Now, I'm, I've also learned from the Golden State side of things that their regular season gets amplified. Like what they do in the regular season gets amplified in the postseason, good or bad, anywhere around it, pretty much from the entire Curry and Curry era. Like when they when they do things bad in the regular season, they get amplified in the postseason. When they do things well in the regular season, they get amplified in the postseason. Everything that they've done, good or bad, has either ballooned to that respective extreme into the playoffs. Well, like, look and at every stat. I think with without you know Gary Payton playing any huge minutes 
for them without DiVincenzo playing. Um, or actually, I'm sorry. I, I'm just now realizing I'm looking at a fourth quarter only box sheet. But <laughs> that would explain why they played so little. Mm-hmm. But um, at the same time, like, wow, you Gary at, Payton only played eight minutes. He played one minute. <laughs> he played one minute. I was like, what? <laughs> What, what is he doing? What, what are they doing in one minute? He was like a minus seven. I'm like, oh my God, they got blown out in that minute. That's why he was like, um, but I think overall, like my takeaway has been, you look at all of their guards and they all have decent success. The reason I was looking at that fourth quarter of the past game, granted Sacramento lost, but their guard shot nine of 15 from the floor. And when you look at who's guarding them, you've got Curry, who is a zero, not a zero on defense, but not good. I'm not a good defender, like below average. He's undersized and like 35. So. Right. Pool, <laughs> not a good defender. Um, now, Gary Payton's a solid defender, but Clay used to be, you know, used to be a great defender. Not, I would say Clay does not have it anymore to stick, you know, someone like Fox. So, or, you know, uh, uh, Davion Mitchell either. Uh, quick guards are going to give them issues, and Sacramento has a bunch of them. So it's been fun to watch. I pray the finger isn't a huge deal because Fox has just been so amazing to watch. Yeah. And, and we're the, this is the point guard matchup that no one really hyped up and we got it right. We got two of the premier point guards in the league between Darren Fox and Steph Curry, both playing at an elite level. And Steph Curry is probably like two or three more games. Like the way he's having maybe in later rounds away from me stripping the Steph doesn't show up in the playoffs in the big moments consistently. For, you probably should have. You should have. You, you may. Have. I guess I can. Yeah, they last year. Won, he, they won in the, the finals, finals last year. In the, the final, the finals last year. But I mean, if Andrew Wiggins wins Finals MVP last year, I think a lot of people don't strip. No, that's a travesty if he wins Finals MVP. I don't think it's a travesty. Wiggins won. Wiggins had a really argument. good game five. I'm not him winning. That, that would have been. It's not I would have been I'm complaining making. about it every single podcast. It's happened. really not the argument I'm trying to make. I really don't. You know what I mean? It's okay. He didn't win Finals MVP. Steph won it. But we're, we're that's the playoff that the the point guard matchup. That's what I was trying to make. That's the matchup that I think a lot of people like overlooked. It was a lot of Kings versus Warriors, which is great. But I don't like that. That was, that's a matchup that I'm watching. that didn't anticipate going into, and I'm, I'm loving it is De'Aaron Fox versus Steph Curry. And Jake, to your point, Steph Curry on defense, that'll spend a lot of time matched up kind of one-on-one with each other, but that just dual of position that going back and forth has been big in this series. Um, and I think it's really good. So, um, you know, we're, we're going to get a good one. We're going to table the, Suns and Nuggets because that's a second round matchup and we still got a lot of first round quick games. Destroy Jokic! I can't wait. They're gonna crush him. I hope so. Because I, uh, so. I, I, I'm flipping my pick from before the playoffs. I think the Nuggets win in seven. We'll see. We we have so I can't wait to talk about that series. It's gonna be a good one. Maybe we're gonna table that as we're gonna table up for the next week. As will we? As we will table. The NFL draft talk. We we had planned to get to some NFL draft talk today, but the NBA playoffs discussion, as it's done for the past couple of weeks, took a uh, took a lot longer than we expected. A good problem because um, the but, first round has been exciting for the first. Yeah, like, in the past, it's, it's been, been like, oh, we know what teams right. Like, there'll be like four series where it's over, but this has been a great first round. It's been absolutely only boring series was the Sixers one, <laughs> and that and that to your point wasn't even that points wasn't even that boring. So. Um, yeah, a lot to get to for next episode, so make sure y'all come back to us. But 
Well, I'm excited to time for this episode of Straight Facts. As always, we can get some shots up at the buzzer. Who's got a shot to put up at the buzzer? Um, I, I, let me just jump in really quick because it, it is draft stuff. Uh, been spending, James, you, you know this well, been spending a ton of time around the NFL draft. But I just specifically wanted to give an eagle take um, for this one. So currently, the Eagles, in my opinion, are in probably the best spot to return to the Super Bowl of any of the 32 teams, in my opinion, or to get to the Super Bowl standing from today, a day before the draft. At the 10th pick, you're either going to get a game, hopefully, knock on wood, these prospects become what they look like. doesn't always happen. You're either getting a game-wrecking Fletcher Cox replacement on the interior in Jalen Carter. You are getting, uh, you know, a, a top-end edge rusher in someone like Nolan Smith, who we saw at Georgia. You're getting what appears to be an all-pro running back as a rookie or something in B. John Robinson. Or you trade back because you already have another pick. You trade back and accrue some picks because you don't really need anything since you went to the Super Bowl. Or the last one, you trade both those picks and you go and get whoever you want in the entire draft. Like, they are in the best spot. I've never been happier as an Eagles fan than, like, I mean, even though they, obviously, I've been happier when they won the Super Bowl. I should I'd let me amend that. This is the second happiest I've been in a long, long time. Um, so, I'm, I'm excited, man. I can't wait to see what they do. <clears throat> Howard. That's his Howard. name? Yeah. Howard. Roseman. Howard that Power. Howard Power. <laughs> we're, we're, we're famously not a hockey podcast. No, but give I it to talk, I Let's talk do that hockey. I want to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs because sure. everyone wants everyone. Every Sixers fan knows the pain of not getting past the second round. The Toronto Maple Leafs are in a way more devastating role when it's the first round with them. Uh-oh. So they haven't made it past the first round since 2004. They were really bad for a while. So they actually didn't make the playoffs again until 2013. But so yeah. in 2013, they lose in seven in the first round to Boston. They're out four, one and, with 10 minutes to go in the third period, they blow it, and they lose in overtime. 2018, they lose in seven to Boston. They're leading going into the third period of game seven. 2019, they also lose in seven to Boston. Okay. They lose both games six and seven. And here's where it gets really hard. I throw myself off a bridge. This is where it gets, it, gets, it gets worse. 2021, they play Montreal, who – won 24 games, lost 32 games, if you count overtime losses as regular losses. Right. They're up 3-1 as one of the best teams in hockey that year. They lose games 5 and 6 in overtime before losing game 7 at home. They outshot Montreal all three games and still lost. Then the next year, they lose in 7, which is last year, they lose in 7 to Tampa. Brutal matchup. They were the fourth best record in hockey they had to play the fifth best record in hockey oh. in Tampa, who had just made the cup final, had won the last two cups and went on to win that series and won. They also lost an overtime of game six when they were up three two and then lost game seven again. I'd and actually cur- almost I'd actually almost rather be blown out in the first round. Than, and currently this, you've currently all, up, only tough series. They're up three one over Tampa again. And they're well, they're on they're up three two last, but three one over Tampa in the first round. And if in my mind, I've got it where if Toronto can make it past the first round, the Sixers can make it past the second round. <laughs> so all my fandom rooting is going towards them not blowing that 3-1 lead. 
Karmically, you know, that makes a lot of sense. No, karmically, that, that makes also, a lot of like sense. Also, they're like crazy hockey fans there. Yeah. I don't know how the, like, the Raptors winning That's the crazy. title in 2019 might have been the only thing that stopped, like, a mass, like, quitting sports it, event. It would be like the Yankee in Philly, or in, in Philly, in USA type, you know, only yeah. sports. Um, what I've heard from that, though, Matt, is that. We have found the culprits of who's giving Boston all this postseason success and joy. What the f? Yeah, what the f? Leaves. Yeah. That's twice in a row. Even though I think did Boston like get really badly. Boston did not win the cup in any of those years. Okay. So. Yeah. They lost the cup in two of those Bo- years. Boston actually does have some pretty bad like hockey heartbreak from what I remember. So maybe not enough, but some. Yeah. Um, my, uh, my at the buzzer, we had odd sports at the buzzers today, which I don't think that happens often where it's some, one of us Rarely. just goes in a ride. Yeah. Um, but mine is also has to do with sports and I know the Timberwolves lost last night to get eliminated from the postseason, but it wasn't because of Anthony Edwards actually probably was everything but Anthony Edwards. They probably lost in spite of when Anthony Edwards was doing. Um, and I, I texted this in our group chat and I want to say this kind of to our fans and out loud, cause I think it's. I do think it's true is I think the type of player Anthony Edwards is and how young he is, it's not saving the NBA. I think the NBA is in a state that needs to be saved, but it's a turning point for the league because I think he possesses a mindset that very few, if any players, his age, like young players in the NBA, like truly possess that kind of old school, like, always work hard, never take a day off, never take it for granted mindset that he brings to the NBA. Um, I think, I think it's great. And I think of like, if, if the NBA wants to kind of ward off the um, like the load management um, kind of era and the load management movement, the players kind of exercising whatever they want, whenever they want movement, the players not caring about certain things. Like, I think all that is, like, if, if the NBA wants to do away with that, they will start making Anthony Edwards kind of the face of the NBA and start putting him in the forefront because he's against all of that. And I think it's great. Like, and you saw that all through the series. I know he's in hot water right now because of, you know, chucking chairs and it hitting uh, two workers uh, out there in Denver. And even within that, it's not great, but even within that is like a, a care, like a, a total, like, just a, a mentality of like, you know, th- this means every a first round playoff series means everything to me. You hear them. They, they said, what does it mean to be in conversations with Jordan and, or with uh, Kobe and Jordan in terms of, you know, 30 point games before turning the age of 21 or 22 or something like that. And he's like, those guys have finals. You can't put me in that air. I, I haven't made it past the first round yet. Like that kind of stuff. Like that's, that's, that's not normal in, the guy's his age, man. And I want to like applaud that. And I think that like Anthony Edwards should be a role model for a lot of people. A lot of players show a lot of adults, a lot of people should turn young players attention towards the way Anthony Edwards carries himself because I think it's beautiful going in the league. And I think Matt, it's hilarious. We were saying this in a group chat that like going into the draft, going into picking him, the only thing that people like were worried about is the fact that they like, didn't care about basketball. And looking back at that now is like, it's ludicrous. Like who put that out there? Because it can't be further from the uh, truth. I think so. <clears throat> we did like uh, when I used to produce Scallon Pals, Tom Crean came on, talked to McDonough. But then when the cameras cut off, he was like, look, between us 
now between straight facts listeners, I think I've said this before, but basically he was really worried or partially worried if Edwards went to a bad, bad uh, location. And Tom Green was his coach at Georgia, right? Georgia. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. yeah. He was worried that he may get swept up into some bad habits. And so maybe there's some stuff that they see where he's like Jimmy Butler, a little prickly to certain things. But look, you got to deal with Cat and Gobert. That man is a saint for that. And, and McDaniel's breaking his hand like because he's upset at the ordeal. It's just like so much to deal with. So, yeah, hats off to Ant, man. I don't know. After a three-year sample size of Anthony Edwards, I kind of think that was like a GM trying to do some nasty work so he'll slide to seven, eight, because he was the, the consensus number one pick. Like, he was going number one. So I think it was some GM at five, six, seven with the inability to move up because Minnesota wasn't going to move the pick. I think Let's it was just Yeah, it was just trying to do some nasty work because there is what – Bro, like it happens. This man hasn't bre- absolutely it happens. And this man well, hasn't also, this was a woods. this was a player who didn't have the chance to play in an NCAA tournament. Yep. It's a great point. So well, and, it doesn't and always Georgia doesn't get a lot of primetime games. I don't think this man may have played on ESPN one time before he got to the league. Like this was you know what I mean? Like Georgia doesn't get you're not in Kentucky. Yeah. Like the only time they're on ESPN is probably when they play Kentucky. Shout out so, to our guy uh Max Gordon. Remember for his fateful take. Ant Edwards will not translate to the NBA. I think him and I had maybe like a five to six DM exchange after that one. (laughs) Well, you were on the high side of that one, Jake. Yeah, I took that one. I'm not off the right. We'll take it. Carry your flowers. That's all the time we have for this episode of Straight Facts. It was a great one. Shout out to everyone on the Up On Game Presents Network. LeVar Arrington, Plexico Burris, TJ Hushmanzada. We appreciate what you guys do over there. Shout out to those guys. And shout out to my guys. Jake Galley and Stat Matt Robinson. I'm James Jackson, and these have been the facts. Straight up. Matt didn't ruin it this time. It's great. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When the time comes to plan your next big getaway, know we got a destination idea for you. Orlando. Just think about it. The thrills at their 15 world-class theme parks, followed by awesome outdoor adventures, amazing food festivals, and top-notch dining spots. Orlando has all that and much more than you'd expect. In Orlando, anything is possible if you can imagine it. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. That's visitorlando.com for everything you need for an amazing getaway. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now.